0: Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. And now, here's Brother Jim. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking not in the Gospel of Luke. We've been doing a series in Luke, but we're actually going to move to the book of Proverbs today. Proverbs chapter 14, we're looking at verse 1. Proverbs 14, verse 1, we're looking at uh, being a wise mother. That's not everybody, but hopefully that's everybody that's here and present today. And so Proverbs, in the middle of your Bible, you'll find Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Should be if you turn to the middle of it. We're looking in Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to look at verse 1. Verse 1. It says, The wise wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Let's have prayer once more together. Lord, thank you so much for this day. And we thank you for your word and a chance to study it. May you just continue to impact our lives with it. And thank you again for these ladies. I just ask, Lord, that they, sh- that they can be encouraged today. And Lord, today may your Holy Spirit work and help each of us to realize, Lord, how blessed we are. And Lord, may we also realize how much that we're loved, the prayers that's been said, so that we, each one, could know you. And so I just ask your blessings upon this time, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, granted, remember I said we're talking about the wise mother. There may be people in the past that said, you know, I wasn't wise, I made some decision. But a wise mom, sometimes she maybe started rough, but she can change. She's become a wise mother over time. Now I'm going to start here talking about somebody that wasn't wise, Here's a lady that was stopped in at the police station and needed something done at the house, and so she stopped in. And so the policeman asked her, he said, where do you live? And she said, this woman said, well, I live with my parents. And he said, okay, so where does your parents live? And she said, well, with me. He said, "Uh, well, where do you all live? She said, we live all together. He said well, where is your house? And she said, well, we're right next door to our neighbors. So he's a little frustrated. He said, well, where's your, where your neighbor's house? She said, well, if I tell you, you wouldn't believe it. He said, well, tell me. They're right next door to us. <laughs> well, that's not wisdom, but what we're focused on today is somebody that is wise, a wise mother. And I'm grateful that we have many with us today. Now, notice that the Bible tells us that a wise mother, a wise woman, builds. Building something takes insight. Building something takes planning. And we're talking about a godly home. I'm reminded, and you might want to write this down beside this, Psalm 127.1. Psalm 127.1. Psalm 127 is a chapter that you may, just just six verses, that you may want to follow. It has a lot to do with family. But it says this, "...unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it." Unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain who build it. Which means, if I'm going to be a wise builder, it means if I'm going to be somebody, and that's what we're talking about here, women, mothers that are wise... It's going to start with a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus Christ. It also means this. I want to have not only a relationship with Christ myself personally, but I also want that within a marriage. A relationship with Christ. So young people, listen to me. When you're thinking about somebody that I want to marry, most of the time, you know what we think about? I want somebody that's beautiful. I want somebody that's built. I want somebody that looks good. And I'm gonna tell you there's nothing wrong with that. But more than that, you want somebody that knows Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6.14, not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Okay, 2 Corinthians 6.14. So in other words, you'll want somebody that's a Christian, somebody that has your beliefs so that you can have the same foundation. God wants godly offsprings, so you want somebody that's going to help you to be able to do that. By the way, marriage is God's ideal. He said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Marriage is God's ideal. Jesus quoted that verse out of Genesis. And when he quoted it, then he said this. What God's joined together, let no one put asunder. So you want to make God the center of your relationship. The closer that a couple gets to God, marriage is like a triangle, the closer they'll be together. So a wise lady, she builds a godly marriage. She's looking for a marriage in which her and her husband both have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're serving Christ. They want Christ to be the center of the relationship. Here's a second thing. A lady that's building a home, she wants a Christ-centered relationship, but she also wants this. She wants to be a companion to her husband. In Genesis chapter two, verse 18, God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. Therefore he made for him a helpmate a helper, a companion, to be able to live life and to go through life together. And so a godly woman wants to have a godly marriage, and it starts by being a companion to her husband. And then here's a third thing, and that is character. Now, remember I told you, you want to have somebody that's Christian, We also want somebody, if they're a Christian, that lives that out, that has character. Today, you know what we say? Today, people are telling others, it doesn't really matter about character. What's more important is having money. What's more important is having success. What's more important is being happy. And I'm telling you, what's more important is character. A lot of times throughout the nation today, Many people are going to be talking about the Proverbs 31 lady. In Proverbs 31, beginning at verse 10, listen to what it says about this lady. It says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Why is her worth far above rubies? Look what it says. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not evil, all the days of her life. She's trustworthy. She has character. And because she has character, he's not worried about money. He's not worried about immorality. He trusts her. She has character. I'm telling you, character is far more valuable than anything. I am so grateful. I've been married for it's 34 years soon just a couple of weeks, 34 years. To be able to have somebody that you trust, that's trustworthy, that you've made a commitment to and you know that commitment is from both of you, changes things. So a woman that wants to have a godly home, a godly marriage, it's going to be Christ-centered. It's, she's going to be a companion. She's going to show character. And then in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4, it talks about how that she's a crown to her husband. Out of all the things of value, she's it. He values her because he realizes without her, things would be a lot different. She's a crown to him. And so this is a woman, a wise woman. She starts with a godly marriage. Now, you know why that I start with that? Let me tell you something about families. After the relationship with Christ, that husband and wife relationship is the most important. The best thing that a man can do for his children is to love their mother. And so you want to be that type of example for them. Now, since we're talking about the home, this is Mother's Day. Let's talk about children. She's building a a home. And so what's her attitude towards children? Write this verse down, right beside this, point A here. I mentioned Psalm 127. Write down verse 3. Psalm 127, verse 3. She recognizes that children are a gift from God. Here's what Psalm 127, verse 3 says. Children are an inheritance from God. They're a heritage from God. That means children are a gift from God. Moms recognize that children, they're not burdens although it's not easy raising children, but they recognize in biblical times, they thought children were a gift. They thought children were a blessing. To not have them meant you were missing a blessing. And so all children, they considered, even when they weren't expecting them, they said, these children are a blessing from God. They're gifts made in the image of God, and they're special. And so all of our moms here, When they think of their children, hopefully they're thinking of someone that's a special individual. And not only do they realize that children are special gifts, but they also realize that it's a special time to invest in their lives. You know, time is pretty fleeting. And you only have about 18 years to be able to impact this child, to make a difference in this child's life. 18 it just goes by quickly. You don't have to tell me, I've got my, our babies graduating. <laughs> you don't have to, t- so I know time just goes by. 18 years to be able to, it's a special time. Suzanne Wesley, she had 19 children. Can you imagine having 19? <laughs> I think we, we had the most four, 19. Ten of them lived to be adults. But they said Suzanne Wesley, she would take a blanket sometimes and she would get one child and she would cover her and that child together, blankets, so they could have some quiet time. She did that with each child so that she could be able to personally, to pray with and influence each child. Children are special and the times that we have with them are special. And I know that sometimes when you're going through it, it's easy to get distracted. There's so many things that distract us now. And there's, we're pulled in different directions, but we really need to realize, why, and a wise mom does, that this time is special. And then we need to realize and have a goal, a special goal that we want to be able to lead our children to Jesus Christ. We want to lead him to Jesus Christ. Richard Ross, a few years ago, there was a study done, research for the National Study of Youth and Religion. Youth and Religion. And so he was talking, they interviewed a lot of young people, teenagers, about Christianity, about religion and their faith. And so here's what one boy said. He's 13 from Ohio. He said, God is just this big thing that's been there forever and controls everything. Probably not personal. I don't know. And they said, well, how do you come to get to that ideal? He said, oh, like I was just raised that way, I guess. I guess I believe it until I hear another theory that's more reasonable or something, like from science. Now, this is a young man that goes to church. Here's an 18-year-old girl from Maryland. She said, my beliefs are kind of wishy-washy. Like, I think some, something one minute and then something else the next. I don't know what is the most important because I don't really live by the Bible. Here's a 17-year-old girl from Illinois. She said, I guess I'm a Christian, but I'm one of those still trying to figure everything out. I believe there's a higher power, but that's about all I know. So in this research, 112 teenagers mention personal feelings, being, getting, or being made happy. 99 teenagers, when talking about religion God, they mention feeling good about one's life. Six, six mention about being saved and having a relationship with Christ. Here's what I'm going to tell you something. A wise mother realizes this. Not only are children made in the image of God, but children are also born with a fallen nature. Adam and Eve sinned, and they passed that nature on to us. And you can almost ask any mom here, you don't have to teach children to be bad. Children, it's within their nature. We're sinners. Children need to be taught to be good. But they also need to be taught about Jesus Christ, that they need a relationship with Christ. Can I tell you something? It is a wise mom is going to make sure that her children are exposed to the gospel. So that means when you go to church, you want to make sure you're going to a church that teaches the Bible and that shares and preaches the gospel. You want to be in a Sunday school. See, when we have children's church, we want people in children's church talking about Jesus. We want them talking about the gospel. You come to vacation Bible school, we're going over the gospel. You come to Sunday school, it's going to be talked about. And you come to church, we're sharing the gospel. Because we want our children exposed to the gospel. Because ch- children need to hear about Jesus Christ. They need Christ. And so a wise mother realizes that and prays and, t- and teaches her children and brings them so they can learn about Jesus Christ. So that's a mom's attitude. She's building a home. She's building a godly home. Not only is, th- is that her attitude, but listen, here's some actions Of a godly mother. One, if you're going to be a wise, godly mother, you're going to be an example. An example. You know what Ben Franklin said? Ben Franklin said, Examples, now that's the best sermon. A good example is the best sermon. That's moms. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Being a mom is hard. There's so much being demanded of moms, it's hard. But being example, being real. You know, I look back on my life. By the way, if you was to ask today, who are the people that have had the greatest influence on your life? 80% of people will say that their mom will be in the top three. So I don't know how you feel, but that would be true in my life. My mom had a big example in my life. And as I, you don't appreciate it when you're going through it, but as you look back on my life, as I look back on my life, you know what I realize? I played ball and different things. We lived on the county line. My mama went one way to go to work, nine miles. I went to school the other direction, eight miles. And then she would have to pick me up after school. Now, my father died when I was young, so it was a lot placed upon her. My mom had in her lifetime five open-heart surgeries because of a bad valve. She wasn't in the best of health. And as I look back upon it, I'm thinking, I don't know how in the world she did all that. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it. But looking back on it, I certainly appreciate it now. Talk about sacrifice and giving. That was mom. But you look at your mom. You stop and think about your mom. I'm certain she's made a lot of sacrifices that you never even dreamed of. And I try to tell moms all the time, listen, when your children, when they grow up a little bit, they're going to realize what, how important you are. Just let, them, just let time go by and just see. They'll begin to realize some of your love and sacrifice. So a mom is an example. Not only is mom an example, but they instruct us. I'm so grateful for moms that take time to be able to instruct their children. And sometimes it's just, it's not something planned, it just happens. And they just give a tidbit of advice here, a Bible verse here, and they provide instructions to help their children to learn. And discipline. The Bible tells us not to despise the discipline of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. We're not to despise God's discipline. He disciplines us like a good parent, like a good father or a good mom. And discipline is important. We discipline our children because we love them. I am not advocating abuse, but I do advocate discipline. Children that are disciplined are children that are loved. That's how we guide and give them direction, is to be able to discipline children. Do I think you should spank when you're angry? I, I think you know. I don't, I'm not for abuse. But spanking, there's a spot for it. And it's done in the right manner. But it doesn't have to be very often. And then as they get older, there's other forms of, dis, of discipline you can take. You know, I remember when my mother, after my father died, I remember getting a spanking. And I remember my mama looking at me and thinking, because that didn't hurt. And I remember her looking at me and thinking, I'm in trouble. (laughs) She just had that look on her face. She came up with a different plan. She found a verse in the Bible that says, Psalm 68, 5, and it says this, that God is a father to the fatherless. And so you know what her plan was? (laughs) To make me accountable to God. She said, now you're going to have to answer to Him. And so... We never missed church. I, we went, we was, we always, it was a long drive where we went to church, but it, we never missed. And whenever I'd say, Mom, can I do this? And she'd say, Well, you have to pray about it. And then I would go do it, and she'd say, Now, what do you think God's happy with what you've done? She made me accountable to God. That's discipline. And so, Mom. A wise mom takes action with her children. She's an example. She gives instruction. She disciplines. It's biblical. Now, let me give you a couple of secrets that moms have and that they use. And I'm talking about godly Christian women. One of them is God's Word. Psalm 119, 105 says, God's Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Moms know that. And so they want to be able to help us to know God's Word, to hear God's Word, because it will give us direction. Earlier in Psalm 119, verse 11, he said, Thy word I've hid my heart that I might not sin against you. You know what? In my life, there's many times where I've been tempted to go in the wrong direction. Sometimes I may have. And God has brought conviction to me because he's reminded me of his Word. And He's used that for me. Don't ever think that you're doing something bad or you don't have time to teach God's Word. It'll stick with the child throughout their life. But here's a second thing, and that's prayer. I don't, it doesn't matter how old your children get. Prayer works. And prayer matters. You know why it does? Because we're talking about the God that can do things we can't do. That's why prayer is in fact Effective. So when moms pray, and it makes a difference. I was reading about a fella, and I don't know who it was because they didn't mention his name, but they just said it's a true story. This fella, his mother had raised him correctly, but he very talented man, and became a singer, and became very popular. And there he abandoned how he was raised. He didn't live for God. And his mom just prayed and prayed, but he had nothing to do with his mom because he had chose to go in a different direction, live without God. But she prayed. And then he heard that his mother had died. So he began thinking about his mom. And he began, it just began to break his heart. And so he recommitted his life to God. So he'd go to his concerts, and he would tell a testimony about his mom. And then he'd sing some songs in honor of his mom. Well, one day he was having this concert, and this older lady came up to him. And she said, I'm going to be seeing your mother soon. Is there a message you want me to give her? He said, ma'am, you're mistaken. My mom is dead. And she said, no, I know your mom. And I'm not mistaken, and I know where your mom's at. And she said, and I will be seeing her soon. Is there a message you want me to give her? So he began to realize this lady was saying, I don't have much longer to live, but I'm a Christian too. And he said, yes, there is a message I want you to give my mom. You tell her that I've turned my life around and I'm coming, and I'll be there too. Well, you know, this Mother's Day, We like it to be a day in which we honor our moms. But it could be that some of you here, your mom's gone on. And maybe there's somebody here that will soon make their appearance in heaven. And maybe they can give your mom a message. A message about you. Yep, they've got their life turned around. They're living for you. Today may be a day in which you want to come and do that. You want to recommit your life. Or maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. But today, you can come and make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. See, it's not too late. You're here. The Spirit of God is working in your life. You can sense His presence. It's not too late to make a decision. Today, you can turn your life around. It could be that your mom's still here. But the truth of the matter is, she's praying. And you thought you were coming to honor her, but the, she's been praying, praying that you would come. And she's praying, been praying that your life would be different, that you would get turned back to God, that you'd become a Christian. And so maybe this morning your mom's here. And if you really want to honor her, she wants you to come make a decision about the Lord today. You know, I mentioned earlier 80% of people would say talk about moms being such a big influence on their life. But there's fifteen to twenty percent of people that's not true. And it could be that that you may be one of those. This is a hard day for you. And I want to tell you something. God loves you. Life's a gift. And it may have been hard for you, but life's still a gift. And God has brought you here, and He's just reaffirming to you, your life is not a mistake, it's not a waste. Jesus came and lived a perfect life, and He died for you. And He wants to impact you so that your life can be different, so you can have a positive influence on those around you. And it starts with Jesus Christ. We're going to have a moment of prayer, and then we're going to have our time of invitation. The altar's going to be open. Many people are going to come. You'll be one of them. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much just for blessing us today. Lord, allowing us the privilege of being able to gather, to worship you, and also to honor our moms. And Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is moving and working in our lives. I can sense it. And so, Lord, may you make this a special holy time. I just ask now that each of us would be obedient. We would be willing to step out in faith. And may you be honored and glorified. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.